Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters. Finance Matters is a podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes that they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in the realm of financial matters here at UVA. I'm your host, Brandy Van Ormer, back with my co-host, Patty Marbury. Hi, Patty. Hi, Brandy. That was impressive. I thought you said you were going to have to wing the intro. Do you know I, I did like muscle memory on that one and it just rolled out. <laughs> Patty and I were laughing before we hit record that it's been so long since we've done an actual episode of Finance Matters. We do another podcast for a project here at uh, UVA Finance, and it's more of a little news podcast, but we haven't done Finance Matters in forever. Um, so we're back, we're back with a, a good one today and glad to be back with our regular listening audience with a deeper topic, not just news about the project. Um, and Patty doesn't have to deliver the stupid lines that I write for her with our news podcast. <laughs> so hey, sorry, wait, Patty. you gave away the secret that I don't actually write that stuff. <laughs> I think anybody who listens to it and knows you knows that you didn't write that. Yeah, they'd be like, that, that's not her. <laughs> no, Patty's not that cheesy. <laughs> it's totally brandy. So we're here today with um, a a topic we've been trying to talk about for a couple of weeks now, but we've been too stressed out. <laughs> and overworked to bring it to you. So we, I tell you that because the irony is that our topic today is um, the idea of rest and rest in specific, how it's necessary to avoid burnout. We were set to record this, I think, was it like last week? And then- before, It was like a week ago Friday. Yeah, it keeps, it keeps getting bumped by a week um, because <laughs> other stressors <laughs> in our week keep invading. And so here we finally are to bring you this pod, and it's even more relevant, I think, as a topic than it normally would be because we're in a pandemic situation. So yeah. we'll, we'll refer a lot to that as we talk, but um, it's, it was a topic we would have been attracted to anyway, but especially relevant now. Um, it was funny, too, that our strategy was to, to record on a Monday, <laughs> so we wouldn't... <laughs> Because we've decided in the pandemic world, by the time Friday comes around, we're both really cranky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fridays are not the same as they used to be when... Not, not at all. Yeah, there's no... It's not like you're taking a break from work anymore. Um, a lot of us are working from home. Your work is only as far away from you as your office in the next room, or in my case, a dining room table. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it's not even just that, because I don't tend to work work on the weekends. Like sometimes I'll do a little bit of reading or something like that that might have to do with work. But I, and I know you sometimes have to write stuff and do stuff on the weekends. Um, but it's more like that just the days are, and I know everybody's expressed this, but just that the days are kind of like running. And so the weekends might be a little bit different, but they're just really not that much different than no, there's not that clear breakdown. It's not like right. you leave the office for a couple of days. You yeah. know, you just physically aren't at Carruthers Hall or wherever it is that you right. typically reported to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as much as the world is connected in a nearly limitless way, uh, and you're never more than a few taps away from your email, and mm -hmm. it's easy to easier probably now than it was than ever to sit down um, after dinner and answer a few emails. Um, that's good in some ways because you can be flexible mm -hmm. during the day. Um, 
with your kids at home now, maybe if you need to take a break and help them with some god awful science project, <laughs> whatever it is you need to do because you're kind of responsible for their learning. Um, and then you can flex a little bit and do email in the evening or whatever. Even though that's a great thing, the blending and all of the connectivity that ensues from all that, um, even more than it used to be, it's a recipe for burnout. And that's really what we wanted to talk about today, about the importance of consciously taking time for rest so that you don't burn out. And the fact that not only is the rest important to avoid burnout, but the rest is important because it actually really makes you better at what you do. Mm -hmm. and, and the guy, go ahead. Brandy, you found, you found like four articles um, of the, about the work of, and I don't know how to say his name, Peng is his yeah. last um, and how he, he, he wrote the book rest, right? Last name is Pang, P-A-N-G. And, um, he, it's interesting because at first when you said rest and the work and his research and stuff like that, I'm thinking the, the, what we usually think of as just taking time off of work and napping. <laughs> Although I will say that one great thing about the pandemic has been the availability of my couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's not such a good thing for me, but, um, but, um, but the, the, his idea of rest is not necessarily um, what we typically think of. Right. But good point. Idea of, um, and I think we'll get to that. Um, yes. In our discussion about it, but um, being creative makes you more productive. And so I know we'll get to that. But before we get to that, I did want to talk about the idea of like, you mentioned having your phone, that you have our phone nearby, that we're always connected, we're always plugged in. In one of the articles that you shared, and I guess you're, you'll probably post all Yeah, that. yeah, I'll link all that good stuff in the show notes as per you. Yeah, but in one of them, they were talking specifically about, um, taking like time off and actually unplugging and, right um and it made me think of and, and they said you know that even if you've turned off your phone but you have it nearby it still is in is still interfering with your ability to completely disconnect from that yes and so to really get the disconnection that you need to like rejuvenate and that was interesting and it made me think of, and so I, I researched this a little bit. I found um, a couple, maybe a year ago, or maybe even more than a year ago, I saw on the news this um, segment about a company uh, that was paying its employees to go on vacation and not answer emails. Like if they got money to actually go on vacation and as long as they didn't answer any emails, or there was some other evidence that they were connecting to work, um, they would get the bonus. Wow. If they broke that rule, then they would not get it. And, there, and so, I, so in researching that, I found a couple of different companies. Um, one is a company called um, Acceleration Partners, 
and they paid their they pay their employees um, seven hundred and fifty dollars to stay off email and other online communications while they're on vacation. Wow. Uh, and they said it allows them to learn new. It it not only allows them to be able to like the employee to completely disconnect, but it also forces them to learn to delegate and help other people learn new skills. So I thought that was really good. And then another company, Full Contact, and I'm not saying this so people go out and start looking um, to work at these companies, <laughs> but I'm so impressed. She's, she's actually not telling you the real name of the company. <laughs> <laughs> but they offer their employees um, $7,500 bonus to go on vacation. Um, they base that on the cost of a family of four to go on vacation for a week. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And you know, that's so, interesting because the whole time that I was reading this guy's work, it's Alex Sujong Kim Pang, who we're going to call, we'll refer to the author as Pang as we go through here. Um, we, um, we sometimes feel like we need an excuse, I think, like a like permission to go on vacation and yeah. permission to disconnect. And yeah. that's interesting that that company has taken the step to officially sanction it to that extent. To mm -hmm. me, that illustrates how bad we are at understanding yeah. that we need it. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing about his, about Pang's research, I thought, and the way that he presents all of this is that he kind of plays to our our terribleness at taking a break because he understands i think with, with the way that you see him talk about this in his work that it's not enough for us to think i need rest so that i can move forward and be rejuvenated that's not enough of an excuse for a lot of us mm -hmm. caught up in the idea of being more effective being productive, being the best at what we do, that we need another reason to be great, to take that rest. And the reason that he identifies, um, I think to kind of get us where we live there, is that the rest actually does make you better at what you do in a way that you never could attain by just simply keeping your nose to the grindstone. Yeah, like yeah, Patty, about Patty being un, unsustainable. Yeah, it's unsustainable. And Patty referred earlier to how like make there are ways that you can rest that make you more creative, make you a deeper thinker, mm -hmm. make you all kinds of better in a way that you could never be if you just simply stay at your desk pounding away at the keyboard or pounding your head against the <laughs> screen or whatever it is. Yeah. So let's jump in a little bit and talk about. Um, what uh, Alex Pang's research has brought to the forefront because there's more at stake, I feel like, in the pandemic environment than ever not to burn out. Right. Because we're not only responsible for our work and maybe more work than we were doing because mm -hmm. of the extra pressures brought on by dealing with the, the COVID situation, or more work maybe because your company isn't backfilling positions right now um, because of the economic impact 
or more work because again, you've got your young students in your house, yep. you're trying to guide that experience for them. And then just all the other pressures and uncertainties of this whole situation. Um, the pressure's on even more than it is in a normal time. So mm -hmm. um, well, also Brandy, the, the whole, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Also, I was just thinking about the, um, this, the whole th situation with the pandemic. I know some people who have gone on vacations, you know, gone to the beach and stuff like that. But, um, but uh, many people I know have, if decided not to do that for whatever reason, because they feel like it's not safe, because they can't have the same vacation as they normally do, being able to go out and do things like that. Um, I think a week at the beach sounds awesome, but um, not doing anything except for sitting on the beach. <laughs> but, um, but so I know a lot of people have like canceled their vacation plans, which makes it even more of a, a problem that we're not disconnecting and, and that we're just constantly in this cycle of work. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. As someone in a meeting the other day um, was talking about it's a group that regularly meets and we were talking about what was going to happen with our um, agendas for the next week. And one of the main members of the group said, um, well, I could be available to talk about that next week. And another group member reminded that person, well, you're, you're on vacation next week. And he said, no, I, I mean, by the afternoon, I'll be, you know, obligated to do things with my family, but you know, in the mornings I can still, meat and everything and I thought boo <laughs> yeah, just don't like really I and I empathize with that because yeah. I the same thing when I went to visit my daughter um just worked yeah. and I took probably longer breaks you know because we'd go for a run or do something like that but I didn't just not work and I probably should have <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk about that then. So, yeah. um, prioritizing rest, relaxation, and recovery is really important. Yeah. Getting a good night's sleep, taking a vacation, and nurturing your hobbies. Those are things that don't just keep you in good mental and physical health. They also really do wonders for your creativity, concentration, and cognitive performance. And here in my show notes, I have to myself as a note that says insert jokes about our pandemic and quarantine pursuits <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah like things that you mean things that we've done like creatively during pandemic yeah i mean we in some ways we've had a little bit more time because of the pandemic um yeah we're not we're not uh on the road so much find yeast everybody decided they needed to make bread yes <laughs> a lot of, and definitely you can't go to the restaurant so a lot of people have been doing a lot more experimentation yeah. in our own kitchens yeah. with recipes. Mm -hmm. I decided um, that I was going to learn Latin. Latin. <laughs> have you? Have, have you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you taught yourself to like knit? Um, I have done some embroidery. I've picked up Latin. I've refreshed my French. And the silliest thing that I've done so far is that I ordered a violin off of Amazon, and I've been. Oh. Have you started that? You told me Yeah, about my hand really hurts. I had to ask Shannon Wampler today in another meeting that we were, had about um, what to do because my bow hand hurts so much. <laughs> she <laughs> tells me ever, I'm holding it wrong. 
<laughs> have you ever played violin before? No, I've always wanted to. I play piano, so I figured I, I might as well go ahead and do something cool since I already could. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't just buy a guitar. I think guitar might be a little easier than violin. I don't know. Violin's kind of, I don't know. It's cool, for sure. Yeah, it's like intellectual hot something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was going for an aesthetic <laughs> there. <laughs> probably should have picked something that was better for arthritic hands. But so we, <laughs> we're doing all these things and it, whether or not I'm ever going to be good at violin, maybe not, or whether or not I'm ever going to use Latin, definitely not. Uh, conversational <laughs> French, maybe. But it has made me, even though I'm working harder at a few things like that, it has made me feel more refreshed and relaxed in a way that I didn't expect at first. Um, I take my noon hour and to my neighbor's horror, saw away at my violin for 30 minutes <laughs> and then I come back to my desk and write copy and it it's different and it feels better and fresher yeah I mean good. I can I can say firsthand that that does actually make a difference yeah walk away from your desk walk away from your yeah. phone so he so he talks about that in his different um the art different articles that you shared um and so his research research showed that that kind of creative um, rest mm -hmm. is more, allows you to be more productive than just like binge watching TV um, or even sleeping. And so. Yeah, in fact, he talks about boosting your creativity by getting an early start, like working, waking up really early, starting early, yeah. working for four hours and than planning some downtime afterward. Like that, that is not something I've managed to do. <laughs> so I accidentally did that just with some issues with insomnia. <laughs> and so I wouldn't recommend that, <laughs> but it is true that when you're up before everyone else and you, you mm -hmm. focus on working for that first few hours, then by the time things are getting busy and everybody else is emailing you and you're zooming and all that good stuff. Um, your and your attention is being pulled in all those different directions. Yeah. You've already done yeah. a lot of good, solid work and thinking. Yeah. And then I my don't husband, feel so bad about keeping yeah. the appointment with my couch later on. Right. My husband, um, he does that and has done that for years. Really? Say the when our kids were little, he used to say that, um, like that was the only time that he had to himself, and so that any number of things could pull him away from later. So mm -hmm. he used the time to run, but now that the kids like Ben and exercise, but now that the kids are out of the house and um, he's actually doing a master's program. I didn't know he was doing that, that's cool. Yeah, um, he does his all of his schoolwork first thing in the morning. Um, so Pang talks about how they did some research at a music conservatory and it, it was in the 80s and they found out that the best students practiced for just four hours a day and they slept a lot longer than their peers these are students who got up worked most intensely in the morning then napped and just did lighter practice in the evening as opposed to the students who mm -hmm. sawed away at it for eight hours a day mm -hmm. so you know even if you don't have the luxury of clocking in and out as you please you can make sure that you're fully focused on your work in the morning and then conscientiously take a break 
at lunch or midday, whatever, whatever time works for you to rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he talks about some of the best ways to recover from that energy depleting mental workout that you've engaged in first off in mm -hmm. your day, how you can recharge your batteries. And Patty, one of the biggest ones um, is walking, like just taking a break yeah. and getting some exercise. So that's what I've been doing, um, walking or running. Um, and I usually like listen to a podcast mm -hmm. or a book. Um, and the, the, for me, the goal is to make the time go by faster. So it's over with. <laughs> <laughs> to forget how miserable you are when you run. Yes. That's what I do. <laughs> um, and also, and the other reason is that I only like, I only listen to whatever I'm listening to, like the podcast or the book. I only listen to it when I'm running so that I want to go run. Oh run. yeah. So that you can hear the next know. part. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, but th there are times that when I really need to think about something, uh, like work related or anything personal related or work related, something that is something that requires my thoughts, um, I will n specifically not take my phone with me, so I'm not listening to. So you give your subconscious some time to process. Yeah, and that I just, my mind just like wanders all over the place. And um, sometimes that's really, really helpful. Yeah. I, I, I will figure stuff out during You know, time. we don't give ourselves enough credit, I think, for subconscious processing and the mm -hmm. value of that. And I think yeah. that's another thing that Peng's kind of getting to in his point here is that you need that time of, my thesis advisor used to call it fallow time, mm -hmm. like time where your mind isn't actively trying to germinate anything, you're not working the field, you're not preparing, you're not reading, you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You're not reading, you're writing, you're not taking notes, you're just letting things sit. You're letting the, fit, yeah. the field of your mind sit and be fallow. Yeah. And because well, your mind just goes in a whole bunch of different yes just it's not like you're not thinking of things or that you're yeah. truly subconscious but it's not a something that's requiring your your attention our brains are magnificent instruments and they process things in the background and we feel like just because we're not actively participating in the process that nothing is happening and really i guess it's a fantastic show of how important we think we are <laughs> that we think we have to actively be beating our heads against a wall for something to happen when actually a little time and subconscious processing can do wonders for you yeah so he really his although he does talk about like disconnecting and resting and sleeping and all those things are important his the main thing that we were like really interested in was the this whole idea of creative right rest is makes you more productive yeah and, um he had he referred to deep play which yeah. is super absorbing um activities that that we look and think wow you have time to do that you know like he, one example he gave was climbing Mount Everest. And then he talks about people who um, write or paint or, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. And, 
and they don't get there. And, and he talks about how that creates the foundation or the space for them to be inspired right. um, to work. And so this one quote that he attributes to Picasso, I thought was really interesting. It's um, Picasso apparently said, inspiration exists, but it has to find you at work. Yes. Cool. Because it's like, you don't just get inspired. You know, you don't wait to get inspired and then go do the work. You need to be working to be inspired. And then... Pang went on to say in this one article um, that people who have long creative lives who do really great work for decades, they don't get inspired and start work. They start work and then get inspired and they do it every single day. Yes. That's that. And he said that was the most surprising thing that he found in his research was this whole idea of by doing super active things that most of us would think that sounds like work, you know, or that sounds right. like, um, and, and I, it also reminds me of another, another thing that's not necessarily, I think about, about resting, but it is about creativity. Um, Bruce Springsteen, my favorite person, one time said, that's why they call it playing an instrument because it's not work, it's play. And so this whole idea of getting spot inspired by something that is that for us is like, wow, that looks like it's hard work. You're doing that every day. You're writing music, you're playing music, you're doing this stuff. But, you know, he's like, well, no, they call it play because it's, you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it so. is fun. And at the same time, though, I think that we have a temptation to look at people who are doing things that look to us like, um, like outside of your job or whatever, um, like people who paint in addition mm-hmm. to doing what they do for full time. It's easy to look at stuff like that sometimes and say, oh yeah, well, I wish I had time for that. If I had all uh-huh. the time, I could do hobbies too, but I've got right. a super absorbing job. Mm-hmm. And that's really not helpful. Um, when it, he, Payne gives a lot of examples like, um, the mathematician who developed his most famous theory in the field of algebra while he was walking along an Irish canal with his wife or mm-hmm. Winston Churchill, who had a very deep hobby of painting and was very absorbed and took breaks from, you know, running the country <laughs> to, you know, during the, during the world war to, to take a break and paint mm-hmm. that actually had everything to do with how successful he was in his main life's job. Yeah. And I don't think you can look at, I mean, no offense. I know that we have lots of really talented listeners, but I don't think any of us can look at, you know, a mathematician or Picasso or Winston Churchill and say, oh, well, they can, but I can't. (laughs) I mean, Winston Churchill was just, you know, leading the world war. Um, Probably I'm too important to go paint. (laughs) (laughs) get over yourself you need a hobby (laughs) so (laughs) Stanford University did a study in 2015 that proved all this it really linked um, walking to creativity 
there have been lots of studies that have talked about um, how your brain needs sleep in order to make you more creative. Um, sleep is a cure for hangovers and bad days. It makes you more beautiful, but sleep also <laughs> like physiologically fights brain toxins and helps repair your whole body. While you you sleep, your body's restoring depleted energy levels and repairing your cells. Your mind's not idle while you sleep. It's actually processing all through the night your day and your experiences and working subconsciously on problems. Yep. Proper rest, protect, pre, pre, I need some rest. <laughs> proper <laughs> rest protects you against degenerative conditions and proper rest does that subconscious processing that we were talking about. Yeah. You know, when you go to, a, you, I'm sure some of your uh, parents or grandparents told you, get a good night's sleep. Things will look different in the morning. Mm -hmm. And truly a good night's sleep can make the, the worries that you had the night before Look different in the morning light mm -hmm. and that's not just True. because you didn't think about it for a while mm -hmm. it's because your brain had time to process it and think about mm -hmm. things while you slept yeah sometimes it comes through in your dreams pang doesn't talk about dreams no we talk about our dreams a lot <laughs> yes <laughs> Patty and, I do, and try to fish out meaning in some of the weird stuff that we dream about yeah yep i can usually figure out when i have a vivid dream i can usually figure out why I had that. I can't yes. figure out what it means. No, I've never really like had a aha moment from dreaming, but I've definitely no. been able to realize what's bothering me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. So yeah. one of the greatest things that if you want to prevent poor decision-making and illness, getting a good night's rest is key. And to prevent burnout entirely, taking not just the sleep time, but time to rest and recover in other ways is really important. There's always mm -hmm. that one guy in every company who's never missed a day of work in the last 15 years. And the dude that is held up as the great example of hard work and dedication, but that's really not healthy. And not only is it not healthy, he's probably on the verge of a burnout and he's definitely not doing his best work. The, the guy that has never taken vacation, yeah, that's not very noble, and it's not even using his time and talent in the best way. Um, well, I do think COVID um, will make people think differently about the people who show up to work all the time. Yeah, um, never at work. Not not well. Not just because I'm not thinking just because of being avoiding burnout and stuff, but I'm talking about how you know there's always this person who's like, I'm not gonna miss a day of work or I'm, it looks bad if I call in sick or blah, 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 whatever it is. And, you know, I do think this time of the pandemic, you know, when it, when it's always, if you're sick, stay home kind of thing. I think that change will change people's attitude about that as well. I think it, it will. Also about just like the whole idea of working from home. Exactly. That you can actually get more done. Yeah. We've all been forced in one fell swoop to see, what happens when we do things differently mm -hmm. and that, yep. oh, wait, the world didn't end. <laughs> In wow. fact, some really oh, yes. cool stuff has happened. <laughs> so a few ways that you, beyond just taking the time, because you mentioned this at the beginning, Patty, that it's not just like taking your PTO, because again, you mm -hmm. can take PTO and still be checking your email all the time. You can take PTO and still 
go to a meeting every now and then. Heck, you can take PTO and it seems like you're um, totally unplugged from the office, but you're still thinking about everything and making notes yes. for yourself mentally. Um, mm -hmm. How do you actually maximize whatever time it is, whether it's actual time off or just these times where you disengage a little bit? Um, mm -hmm. Peng talks a little bit about this so that we could talk about how you maximize that rest time. Mm -hmm. Starting with, first of all, just relaxing. Yeah. Seems like an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. No. But whatever uh, it is that relaxes you, having laid back time is important. Right. But I also think that we, we can't forget about it or we can't think about it as, oh, I'm going to work really hard for three months and then take a vacation for a week. I think it, the whole idea is really that we think about it as all the time kind of thing. Right. I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, you work yeah. for a stretch of, you can't, right. Right. there's some study somewhere that talks about what the optimal time is for you to focus at length before you need a break. And, it, and for studying, I think it's like for every hour, it's 50, 50 minutes of study and 10 minute break. Oh, I think it's, I was thinking it might be the opposite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, well, you find what works for you. you focus for 10 minutes and then take a 50 minute break. <laughs> but and I'm just for, kidding. And then, I know, I know. <laughs> and, you know, also, for, we're talking about relaxation here. And so for, for different people, relaxation can mean a different thing. Um, mm -hmm. Relaxation could mean, okay, you go lay on the couch or you um, go sit on the front porch and read a book. Or it could mean I go run around the block. Right. Um, or, and it could be different things on different days, right? Right. Whatever exactly. relaxation is for you, it's something that's laid back time just for you. Um, yeah. And so also he, he talks about not just relaxation, but control. And this means how long you need to fully rest or recover. And that varies from situation to situation. Yeah. But, there's not like a, a formula. Yes. Um, um yeah. And then he took, then he moves to our, your idea about, you know, the things we've been talking about, like painting or cooking mm -hmm. or whatever hobby it is, the, the deep play stuff that you were talking about, Patty, mm -hmm. um, the yeah. ways he talks about mastery experiences. These are the ways that you can unwind that are mentally stimulating the challenging and rewarding tasks that you're good at, like playing a musical instrument, playing chess, cooking, whatever it is. Definitely, it's not me and my violin in there playing open E over and over and over. <laughs> so speaking of that, though, he, uh, he also said that this, like, creative rest. Yes. Play or whatever is also something that you have to, it takes skill to get good at it. And I'm not necessarily saying, like, if you choose to be, if you choose that by playing violin is your creative activity that helps you rest more, that you need to practice to be good at violin. He's talking about you need to practice at being good at creative rest. Yes. It was really interesting. Yes. It's not something that you can just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing that like tomorrow. I'm going to start. And then you do it for a day and then you decide, you know, whatever it is that you tried to do or did. Yeah, I don't feel super rested or more productive, so I'm just gonna forget about it and not do it anymore. That you need to do it for some time to really be, feel like it's, you know, helping you 
be more productive. And, and that's, that speaks to this last point that Peng mentions about how to maximize your, mm -hmm. your time. Yeah. The idea of detachment. And this refers to getting away from your everyday routine, both literally and in spirit. So however it is that you detach, it needs to be something that reduces your stress and your susceptibility to burnout. So maybe it's something engaging in something that you're really good at that you can kind of lose yourself in creating or doing yeah. that. Or maybe it's learning something new mm -hmm. and you disengage and really invest fully in that. Whatever it is, it's that detachment that gives you the rest that you need. Does drinking wine count? I think it could, honestly. If you're, <laughs> you're not just talking about, I mean, detaching in terms of getting blackout drunk. <laughs> you're talking about detaching in terms of like laughing with a friend and forget, like uh -huh. enjoying the sunshine and. Mm -hmm. Um, well, you can learn about different wines and stuff. Learn, learn about different wines. Enjoy, like, really enjoying the taste of it. Yeah. <laughs> We're reaching, are we? <laughs> Patty and I are What's here to glass that you're drinking your mouth. <laughs> What's in your glass? <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about the exercise bit that we talked about. We're going to get more into the deep play, but um, back in uh, back in the day when um, we were more of a, well, okay, let's just even go way back, like to um, Greek culture, you know, mm -hmm. when athleticism was really a prized thing. Uh -huh. Physical exercise was really linked to mental rigor as well. And yeah. uh, Peng talks about like, whether you're a Rhodes Scholar or a Nobel Peace Prize winner or a budget analyst, we don't have any of those. Um, exercise is really beneficial to the mind and body. And he talks about Mary Curie, who was the Nobel Prize winner in chemistry and physics, and also has a really cool new um, show on TV lately, if you want to check that out. Looks pretty good. Really? For something to watch, yeah. Uh, what's it called? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes. It's a show about her? Yeah, yeah. And okay. I just, I thought that sounded really cool. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, Mary Curie was an avid cyclist, Nelson Mandela. While he was um, in prison during apartheid, he kept up a daily fitness regimen of, um, that a boxer would, even though he was in prison. And mm -hmm. if, uh, Peng says Mandela prevented the government from achieving its aim of breaking him through his routine, saying he worked better and thought more clearly when he was in good physical condition. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't have any excuse not to go for a run. <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely something to that. I, um, I often, if I don't, now that I try to walk or run every single day, when I don't, I definitely feel that. Like, yeah, same. And, and not only not, just like physically, you know, you, you feel stiffer and less energetic. Mm -hmm. Also, there for myself at least there's a definite connection to like virtue in my head <laughs> if yeah. i run or exercised in any way i always mm -hmm. just feel like maybe i'm okay a good person mm -hmm. or whatever yep um but there's a close a scientific link between exercise and cognitive performance that's been proven many times over um scientists mm -hmm. have found that exercise helps the body produce proteins that are key to neuron growth and formation 
and intense aerobic activity stimulates the development of smaller blood vessels that in turn deliver oxygenated blood to your brain more efficiently. Your memory oh. actually increases at the same rate that your oxygen capacity increases. Wow. So we're not just saying, That's something. yeah, we're not saying exercise because you'll feel better exercise because it, you know, does something for your, your spirit and you feel good about yourself. It physically makes you smarter. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that you say that because um, the, it, it makes sense because there's this commercial on for some medication that helps with mental like fitness or, you know, like long-term memory or whatever it is. I don't even know the name of the medication. Yeah, you need to figure that out. I need to know that. Yes, I will. It's a prescription medication. Um, I'm still saying. But they, but in every, all the co commercials about this, they have people doing physical activity. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just think that's kind of interesting that there is definitely a link to, yep. you know, cognitive ability and exercise or physical fitness. Yeah, it makes good sense. And apparently you only have to look at any of the smartest people we've ever known to see that they're not people who just sat at a desk and stared or um, were sedentary in any way. Mm -hmm. Being active was part of the deal. Mm -hmm. But having those hobbies and deep play opportunities are also, it seems, part of the deal when it comes to the people who have been most creative, most effective, um, people who we think of as really successful, like Winston mm -hmm. Churchill. I like this story <laughs> and I think I've seen a movie that talks that has Churchill uh, mm -hmm. features Churchill and he's painting and everything but mm -hmm. um, the idea of, of him painting like his oil paints his landscapes yeah was a funny idea to me at first but um, the interesting thing about that is that he turned to painting at some of the times where he had had the biggest failures in his career mm. where things were looking really really bad mm -hmm. and what he loved most was sitting in front of a blank canvas and letting his mind be entirely absorbed that it almost felt to him like painting was fighting a battle like it was military strategy and it was mm. as satisfying as work but less hectic and more replenishing to his mind and soul he says that painting, quote, came to his rescue when he was at his lowest after mm -hmm. some key decisions of his had threatened the tide of war in his own career. And wow. it was him having that creative outlet that allowed him to come back from those experiences. Mm -hmm. And again, all of us are really important and have really important jobs. But this was Winston Churchill during the war. <laughs> yeah. So probably if he could find some replenishment and respite in deep time with a hobby like that we can probably make time like that too yeah. especially knowing that it can rebuild that vital part of you that is necessary to do the job you have but it may not be painting for you but there are lots of other activities that have the same benefits whatever it well, is the reason i ask if he was good is that so often the you know, the counter argument to doing that is that I'm not good at that. Like, or I'm not, you know, that you need to find something that you're so good at to really yeah. be. It's hard to say. I mean, he wasn't good enough that, um, 
like he was exhibited or he's remembered as an artist, obviously. Yeah. I think it was the absorb, like the fact, the fact that it was absorbing and was a creative process. Yeah. And for other people, I think of our colleague now retired, but I refuse to acknowledge it. Lynn Schwar, mm-hmm. who liked to do weaving and fiber craft. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's something I could easily see as being very absorbing and yep. calming to the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really good at watching television. So when I need, when I'm sitting watching a movie, I do like to pick up something that I can be doing at the same time. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed embroidery for that. There's something meditative in that pull and yeah. I used to do a lot of cross stitch um, while I was watching movies and things like that. But lately I'm watching things that require way too much attention. So <laughs> you got to follow what's going on. I always have yeah. to do that. That again? Show like, right now is definitely like that. So oh, what are you watching right now? Um, dark. Ooh. Dark. It's a German. I'm sure a lot of listeners will have heard of it or watched it, but it definitely requires your attention. I only ask because oddly enough, one of the most read blog posts that we ever put in the EVA finance blog was the one that the culture crew did on um, the finances recommendations for things to binge watch. (laughs) So so I know our audience is into it. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, I definitely recommend it, but I'm watching the first season over again, just so I can figure out what the heck happened, because it's very... So anyway, you can't do your embroidery or painting or anything like that while you're watching. But that's interesting, though. The way that it seems like it's absorbing you mentally, maybe that's one of those ways of resting. Yeah. Like it's it's engaging you to that point. Um, So anyway, (laughs) in summary, work and rest are the yin and yang of happiness. And we're living in a culture that perversely values overwork. Um, <laughs> if you can answer an email at 10 o'clock at night, don't tell me there isn't a part of you that hopes people won't notice the timestamp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I am that dedicated. And we used to think of that as like good. That there was, a, there was that Dilbert cartoon where Dilbert used to schedule his emails to go at <laughs> So, so that is thing. He was working at 2.30 in the morning. So it used to be a good thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not necessarily. Unless, of course, it, that's part of your plan and that works for you. Absolutely. Nobody's saying there's a, um, like, oh, a, a time window that shows your goodness or yeah, bad. Because maybe that's your four hours of getting up early. Maybe. Yeah, it? totally. So anyway, yeah. our point is taking the time to recover and rejuvenate is really key to having a productive and enriching life. And there's two parts to that, the productive and enriching. We tend to value that productive part and both are important, Mm -hmm. Um, but many of us do have that overwork mentality and we may not be persuaded just by enrichment, just by Mm -hmm. the idea that you can have a better, more fulfilling, happier life. We have to have that productivity part (laughs) that pushes us. Um, so, so Pang's book is called Rest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of what we are talking about came from that book and from articles that you're going to post, right? Absolutely. Um, but just remember, however committed you are to productivity and however many podcasts you listen to about productivity and little hacks that you employ about productivity, 
and strategies that you employ and books that you read about productivity, you will not be as, product, as productive as you can be without rest. Mm -hmm. Getting a good night's sleep, exercising, taking your vacation time, all of these things will nurture your creativity and set you up for success. So in the end, Patty and I just wanted to ask people to think about <clears throat> how you can work some of this into your day. Maybe it's not um, necessarily how you can take a week off mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks or how you can take two weeks off in a couple of months or whatever it is, but just how you can work a little bit of physical activity, deep play, time yeah. for creativity, time of detachment, how you can work those into your day in a way that provides you with some rest. Yeah, I mean, he talks about the whole idea of work-life balance that we talk about so often, mm -hmm. and that he says that work and life are not like opposites. No. <laughs> the same thing. And so, like you just said, find a way to incorporate the, this way of rejuvenation um, into your daily life. Right. What work-life balance is. And maybe, like you said, Patty, the pandemic situation has shown us just how inseparable work and life are. Mm -hmm. So in some yeah. ways, maybe yeah. it's been more stressful in that way, but maybe it's also been really informative in that way for us to realize yeah. without that breakdown between an office and our home, mm -hmm. that they're not two separate ways of existing, work and life. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Awesome. But well, makes it more important that you find the time to rest. Absolutely. So I will link um, Alex Peng's work that we've been referencing in our show notes. There's a book or two that he's written. He has a great website. There are a couple of TED Talks I think that um, we can make available to you. And then we'll put our uh, links to our um, things that we're watching <laughs> in there as well. Um, and we just encourage you to think about that in the next um, day or week or however you however soon you can uh, think about how you can take some time to rest if not just to enrich your own self but also with the promise that it will make you more productive if that's what you need to to know to make that decision yep thanks for listening in until next time do good work and do good rest is what <laughs> you're doing matters thanks everybody Bye.